Hi, this is Esti, host of the Friday A Public Affair. I hope you help us by contributing to WORT and you can also subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground, another pirate station. No, no change, change without, without struggle. struggle. No one in power ain't giving up nothing. No change without struggle. No one in power. W-O-R-T, 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio, Madison, Wisconsin. And hello, welcome to A Public Affair. I am Esti Dinor. The situation in both Israel and Palestine is quickly deteriorating, as I'm sure you are aware. And we have two excellent guests today to discuss this with us. But before we get to them, we have to let you know that this is the 47th anniversary of No, birthday of... <laughs> it's a birthday, yeah. It's, it's a birthday. It's Ward's birthday. And so we are raising money again today, and we need to hear from 15 of you. We have to get at least three of you who will either uh, pledge to um, give some donation every month or to add to the donation that you're already giving monthly. And as you heard with me to tell you why and tell you what, what you might get is Karma Chavez. Hi, Karma. Hey, it's good to be here with you, and I'm so happy to be celebrating Wart's 47th birthday. It's a good one, and Karma is at their office at um, the University of Texas, Austin, correct? That's correct. Well, she's a professor. Tell, um, tell our listeners what they can get today if they pledge, um, yeah, and why it's I mean, important to pledge, and we'll get to our guests. Absolutely. So, uh, first of all, I want to say it is... Uh, WRT's 47th birthday, but it's my 44th and a half birthday, so I'm celebrating today, too. Happy birthday to happy half birthday to you, Karma. And, and one of the ways that I'm going to celebrate my half birthday is by uh, putting out a challenge, and so I'm going to do a $100 challenge for Ooh. the show. All right. And so every, you know, $5 can become $10, every $20 can become $40, up to $100, and so hopefully that'll be a little incentive to get people going. Excellent. Um, Thank you, Karma. And so uh, I want to let you all know that we have a lot of great things for you to be able to get some stuff like the new WORT patch at the $35 amount. Uh, you can also get that really cool new WORT tote bag at the $120 level. So we got lots of good prizes out there, but more than the prizes, you know that it's about you and what your station does for you. So get on that phone, 608-256-2001, extension 1, and get us moving so you don't have to listen to me talk too much down here in Austin, Texas, where it's 70 degrees. Oh, you shouldn't have said that, <laughs> Karma. <laughs> Don't rub it in. But um, anyway, so folks, if you call or pledge online, uh, we'll just stop to thank you. If enough of you um, are pledging, we won't have to stop and pledge up, and you won't have to hear Karma or me. Um, we'll be able to hear our guests. So 608-256-2001. What's, what's the extension number one, I think? Extension one, yeah. Okay. Or, of course, you can pledge online, wartfm.org. And we are going to um, start right away. I'd love to see a flurry of uh, pledges. And like Karma said, she's going to double your pledge up to $100. And uh, like I said, we need to hear from at least three of you who um, are either going to do a new pledge, evergreen pledge, monthly pledge, or um, add to what you are already giving. $5 is the minimum. That's very easy. So 
With us today is Iman Abid. She's the Director of Advocacy and Organizing at the U.S. Campaign for Palestinian Rights. Prior to joining USCPR, she was the Regional di- Director of the American Civil Liberties Union at uh, New York um, for six years. And also with us is Chagai Matar, an award-winning Israeli journalist and political activist um, who, in addition to serving as the executive director of Plus 972, Advancement of Citizen Journalism, the non-profit that publishes Plus 972 magazine. And hello to both of you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Chagai, um, should you wonder, was a guest here, we figure, about 22 years ago. Yeah, Chagai? When he was an 18-year-old who refused to join the Israeli military. And uh, after spending some time in jail, I believe you... Um, Did a tour here in the United States and was ge- was a guest on the show, correct? Yeah, I was there actually just before going into prison. So, and it was two years in prison. Uh, two so years in prison. Okay, yeah. Well, we are going to start actually with you, um, Iman. If you can give us uh, the big picture of what's going on now for Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza. Yeah, I mean, I think earlier you said, one, I want to thank everyone for um, inviting me into this conversation today. I, I do find programs like this extremely important. So I do hope folks really do support you all in continuing to have these conversations in uh, society and in a, you know, in internationally when folks who are speaking on Palestine are consistently being silenced or even being murdered um, for speaking up. I do find these co- sorts of conversations extremely important. So I appreciate that within the security of my own as a Palestinian living in the United States, Um, we do have that ability to have these conversations. So I find it extremely, extremely wonderful for you to all host this program. And I, I think Thank you. building off of a point you mentioned earlier where the, you know, the status of what's going on in Israel-Palestine has been deteriorating, I would say that this is exactly what Palestinians knew would come of a 75-year-old Zionist project as we approach especially the anniversary of the of the Nakba next year, the 75th anniversary of the Nakba next year. And I sit with a heavy heart as I enter into this conversation today. So for those who are on Twitter or looking anywhere across social media, um, there has been a video cir- being circulated of a young man being shot point blank by the Israeli occupation forces, which leads me to have nearly a dozen names under my breath of, of young men, young Palestinian men who have been killed in just this week alone by the Israeli occupation forces. And, and you know, in, in a time where I think that we're starting to see a rise in escalation between Israeli occupation forces and Palestinians, whether they're in the West Bank and Gaza or even Jerusalem, um, I think that we are starting to see an absolute brutal approach against Palestinians and to a point now where folks are not just being detained But bodies are being kidnapped, people are being murdered, and now also some many more um, being deported. Uh, as we look at the story of human rights defender Saleh Hamouri, who was held in jail for the nine, last nine months without any um, charge or trial and has now actually been exiled and deported to France. Um, so the escalation continues, whether it's between the Israeli occupation forces and Palestinians, whether it's between Israeli settlers and Palestinians, or even if it's the rise of the um, extremely right um, political parties in the Israeli elections, which I know Haggai is going to talk about a little bit later today. Um, so it, it is a continued part of that Zionist project that we have always knew. Uh, we, we've always known that without any sort of large institution, whether it be the United Nations or a country like the United States speaking up on, would continue being perpetuated. And so the danger continues against Palestinians left and right. Um, whether it's, again, through the killings of Palestinians, whether it's the demolitions of schools in Masa Fariyata, whether it's the union, labor union strikes that we're seeing in Shafat. I mean, there is a number of issues and, and, and escalations rising all across um, Palestine. Mm-hmm. And Chagai, let me ask you the same question, basically the big picture of the political situation in Israel currently, especially after this latest um, election, I think the sixth one in two years, something like that? The fifth. We're, we're fifth. still waiting on the sixth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Getting there. Go ahead, please. 
Well, uh, first of all, just joining Iman in appreciation of being here and uh, to your call, Asin uh, Karma, for listeners to support. Uh, it's really important to sustain media through uh, the support of the listeners and readers, as we also know at 972. Um, the, the overall picture right now here is very grim. Uh, on top of everything that Iman said, um, rightly about the situation mostly in the West Bank, there's also the situation in Gaza. Um, the Israeli political sphere is a very depressing one. What is What has been called the Zionist left has almost completely been um, eradicated in, in parliament you, from being a very dominant political uh, camp. Uh, it now only has four people um, in, in place. Uh, out of 120 in Knesset. Um, and the, the far right has gained w- advantages and, and wins in ways that we have never seen, never imagined before. Um, and this is a very frightening coalition that will both, first of all, aim at Palestinians, aim at um, anyone who supports the Palestinian struggle for, for justice and against apartheid, but also is very dangerous for um, any sort of liberal values uh, and institutions. Uh, Supreme Court is very likely to come under attack and basically lose its uh, position. Um, LGBTQ community is likely to come under attack and so on. So um, this is just a taste of what we are seeing coming. Uh, The government has not been sworn in yet. It should be within the coming two, three weeks. Um, so everything we're fearing now, we're just going to have to start seeing how much of that is being implemented over the coming few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Iman, um, back to you. Um, we just had the Day of Solidarity with Palestinian people this Tuesday, November 29, which was an international day. Um, did it have any impact? Um, how was it? It was a heavy day. Um, there were two young brothers who were actually killed on that day. I don't know if folks here know about Jawad Ramali and Thamar Ramali, both 21 and 22 years old. So um, for us at USCPR, we actually engaged in a conversation with Mariam Barghouti, another journalist from Palestine, who gave us a, kind of a, a little bit of a rundown around just what's been going on out there. Um, and I think folks are just there's we're, there's not enough time to catch up with all the names of folks who have been dying in between the hours in which they have been killed. And so I think that we're grateful that we do have that day of solidarity to recognize Palestinians. Um, but I do think that there does something something needs to rise up. People, folks need to rise up and speak up a little bit more when it comes to what's been happening. I think that, um, you know, within just a few days here in the United States, we saw um uh, Jeffrey Hakim, you know, rise to power here in the United States Congress. And so, excuse me, Hakim Jeffries, I'm confusing his name, um, and, and rising to power as as a younger politician who has staunchly supported Israel. And so I think that there's a lot of just focus right now on Israel as it continues to be, of course, um, across the United States. Um, but I think for us as well, we're just trying to bring a, a level of awareness into what's going on in Palestine um, to, to make sure that folks are, are not complacent in what's been going on. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the two brothers who were killed, and they were young adults, but there's also um, a, a really quite a large number of children who have been killed mm-hmm. recently. Do you want to talk about that? Absolutely. I mean, I believe it was last week that 16-year-old Ahmad Shahada was just killed straight in his heart. Um, there have been folks, I mean, there was a school that was just demolished in Masafariyata a couple of weeks ago. I, I, believe, I don't believe there were any... Um, killings at the time. But I think, again, here we are seeing a targeting of young children left and right, whether it's the children in Gaza that we are consistently hearing about, or if it's the children out in Nerjanin and Nablus and, you know, in Al-Quds. Like, I think that there are a number of folks who are, I think there are a number of, tar- excuse me, targets being made on children left and right. And so we're, we're I guess, Again, for Palestinians, we're not surprised as this is a part of everyday occupation. Um, but we do find it absolutely inhumane that there are just so many incidents in which children have died. And yet, you know, those in power, whether they be out in Palestine, Israel or the United States, have yet to speak up on. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm afraid, Karma, we need to talk a little bit. It looks like we haven't gotten any pledges yet. Yeah, unfortunately, I think we have to jump back in and have a quick conversation, remind folks why it's so important to get on the phone at 608-256-2001, extension 1, because this is the only place you're going to hear voices uh, like the ones you're hearing right now from the perspectives you're hearing right now. And you know that you value this. Um, a lot of people probably don't realize that it costs about $95 to broadcast one hour of WORT. And so that is a lot to upkeep out the course of a year. And we're on all the time. And so we really need you to get on the phone to show us that this is the station that you love. And um, I have to say, like like I said earlier, Haggai was a guest here 22 years ago when he refused to join the Israeli military. We have talked about Israel and Palestine the entire 27 years that I've been doing this show. Uh, we talk about it fairly regularly. And um, when, when and where have you heard a discussion um, about that, let alone a regular discussion about the situation there? Um, you you have it here, and so we ask you to show uh, your support for um, this kind of discussion. I was thinking as we were listening to the news that um, we got from the BBC the hourly report about what's going on in Ukraine, as we do on uh, public radio. It's important. I uh, it's a terrible war, like all wars. But I was thinking. And what happened today in Palestine? You know, why don't we ever hear about that on either the BBC or uh, public radio? Um, You do get it here, though. So what do we need you to do? Absolutely. So you've got a couple options here, my friends. You can get on the phone at 608-256-2001, extension 1. Uh, And I think we've got some great uh, folks out there who are answering the phones uh, today. And Um, I don't know who they are. Let me see if I have their names. We do have the name somewhere. I think I don't have that sheet up right in front of me right now. But um, yeah, we have Tom, Doug, and Steve who are out there uh, who are going to be happy to uh, answer your call. So you can call us. You can also get online at wortfm.org and we'll take a credit card or PayPal pledge there. Uh, Just click that orange button online. So either way will work. Um, It's important because 75% of WRT is paid for by listeners like you. And so if you don't do it, then the station doesn't work and this is your station. So now is the time to help us out. Yeah. And so we thank the people who came here to answer the phones for us and we need to keep them busy. So um, again, 608-256-2001 extension 1 or wartfm.org. And we need a bunch of people to call and uh, pledge um, for a monthly amount as low as $5, preferably more. But, you know, whatever you can um, afford or if you already are pledging up um, your pledge. So we're going to go back to um, the show. We're going to trust you to um, call and uh, show your support. So Chagai, um, Netanyahu, of course, is uh, bad enough, but um, the people that is creating a coalition with are, um, well, at least to some of us, they are quite scary. Can you um, explain who um, the uh, new ministers to be are, the heads of the Jewish power and Noam parties? Who, who are they? What are their names and what do we know about them? Sure. So just a little bit to contextualize, I think it's really important to remember that all the things that Iman was talking about before are happening under the existing government, which is formally known as kind of the government of change, uh, government led by what in Israeli terms is considered uh, the center, the left, even one Palestinian party uh, is part of the coalition. Uh, so it's really important to understand that the the reality of apartheid throughout Israel-Palestine has existed for many, many years. It's not a Netanyahu thing. It's definitely not a, a Itamar Ben-Gvir thing. Um, and, and it's also been part of the tradition of what is considered, again, only in Israeli terms, but I don't think objectively uh, as, as left-wing government or left-leaning governments. Um, with that said, 
there is a spectrum of just how violent, just how how uh, outspoken uh, one can be about um, targeting Palestinians, um, where you have the new parties on the far right that are joining in uh, this new government, this new coalition, being completely outspoken about having the aim of uh, mass ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. That's something that's on their agenda. Uh, it's something that has happened before the Nakba, as Iman mentioned, 75 years ago, and uh, slowing transfer and deportation of people ever since. But there was never a party in the coalition that says our agenda is to kick people out of here en masse. Um, so, so we are seeing this escalation. We are seeing a constant shift to the right. Um, the people you mentioned, ST, are um, the Jewish Power Party, uh, which was once banned both in the U.S. and in Israel as being associated with terrorists, uh, far-right Jewish terrorists attacking Palestinians, um, and is now legal and not only legal but in a position of power. Uh, basically, I. I tweeted this yesterday, it's kind of like giving David Duke uh, command of Homeland Security, giving Itamar Ben-Gvir from Jewish Power command over the police and some of the other security services. Um, is just crazy. This is someone who was convicted for his role in uh, Jewish terrorism in the past. So, so you have that faction in addition to the non-faction um, who campaign on what they call kind of traditional family values, which mostly means going after LGBTQ people, uh, women's rights, and uh, everything that is secular. So basically trying to um, promote a clerical vision of the state. So those are some of the major players coming into the next coalition. Yeah, which is, it, it's scary. It's scary, I think, for Israelis too, but definitely for Palestinians. Also uh, interesting that the name of the party is Noam, which means something like... Um, Gentleness. Um, say that again? <laughs> Gentleness. Gentleness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, um, I guess the Israelis are just as good as the Americans in um, <laughs> coming up with 1984 sort of um, names and titles. I do have um, a person to thank, Barbara Olson. Thank you so very much for uh, your pledge. And she likes APA, Melon Floyd, and Salamat, which, uh, again, if you appreciate the fact that we have a Palestinian doing a show about um, Arab and uh, Muslim issues every Sunday, you can pledge now because um, we won't have the pledge drive on Sunday and you can let the world know that you are pledging because um, you appreciate, you know, all the coverage that we have here about Palestine and other issues. Um, <clears throat> let's get back to you, Iman. Just a reminder, folks, 608-256-2001, extension 1, or wordfm.org, and we need to hear from many more of you. Um, please call, it's already 12.30. Iman, you uh, mentioned Masafer Yata, and um, I think that's a very important um, thing to talk about. It's interesting to me that there was some... Um, some attention to uh, Chech Jarach um, and the Israeli intention to um, evict Palestinians from their homes of uh, forever. Masafer Yata, we don't hear much about. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was an Israeli court ruling back in I believe it was sometime in April or May um, that was made specifically to expel one of it was what would what would end up being one of the largest mass expulsions of Palestinians that has happened in a very long time. And I think that if if not since since the Nakba began, I think that is just one of the largest. Um, but I I don't know. So I, if folks who want to correct me on that, please feel free. Um, but I think that it brought attention to the fact that the Israeli settlements, of course, here we go. Or, you know, in the ethnic cleansing that we had always already kind of been witness to was now happening in this mass degree. And so um, 
folks, residents in, in Sheikh Jarrah, of course, appealed to the decision, but unfortunately went nowhere with it, as we understand that um, lawfare is something that has definitely been used against Palestinians. And so these sorts of legal interventions, um, whether they be at the international level or even the local Israeli level, have been consistently used as vehicles to drive Palestinians away from their homes. Um, and at the time, um, it, I think it brought up, uh, you know, this this need to rise up and speak up and, and showcase yet again the resilience of the Palestinian people. And I think that if you to, are to do an easy Google search of Masa Fariyata, you could probably find folks on top of their homes as they were being demolished, right? Actually, there are these infamous photos of, excuse me if I screw up his name, but it's Ben River, um, one of those political party leaders that we have been talking about, who set camp in front of the homes as some of the um, settlements were being built um, and homes were being demolished. And so I think that even prior to the elections, we had already seen this level of like racial supremacy right in the face um, of, of, of the Palestinians and the rest of the world. And, you know, without shame, without any remorse. Um, so the, the the escalation and the tensions across Masafariyata continue. Of course, the demolitions continue. I mean, again, this is one of the largest mass explosions of Palestinians that we have seen to date in a lo very long time. Um, and it's extremely concerning as it sets precedent for other settlements that Israel has been considering. Um, so, I mean, we continue to bring attention to what's been going on. And I think that it's been on all different facets. So it's not just home demolitions, but it's been mass arrests that have been happening of young Palestinian men left and right. Uh, again, I mentioned uh, recent um, demolitions of schools to the point that children have been completely forced out of their schools and buildings within this within Masa Fariyata. So, the escalation, the threats, you know, the arrests, the deport, like all of that continue continue onward across the region. Mm -hmm. And I got some data here, uh, folks. We need to hear from more of you. Come on, no, no uh, online pledges yet, huh, Karma? How can that be? No, not yet. No online pledges. Okay. Well, that's ridiculous. Folks, we need to hear from you. I want to continue talking to our guests. Uh, but I'll have to talk with Karma and with you all if uh, we don't hear from you. So, um, wartfm.org, 608-256-2001, extension 1. Um, I really need to hear from many, many of you in the next um, five, seven minutes. Um Iman, still with you, um, I have some data here that shows that uh, just this year, from January 1st, 2022 to November 29, 2022, 820 uh, demolitions of mostly homes, but also other structures like schools, like you mentioned. And when I think about that and the, you know, seasonal, shall we say, um, Israeli attacks on Gaza when um, they don't demolish, but they bomb um, homes and um, um, apartment buildings. What happens to all these Palestinians um, whose homes, whose schools, uh, whose um, means of livelihood are destroyed? Yeah, I mean, again, we're here. We are faced with one of the largest crises in the world under apartheid, under occupation, and in Gaza, this military blockade that has been so dangerous towards all Gazans. And I think that I, I, I mean, I first have to make a shout out. Us Palestinians are extremely resilient. Um, if, if actually anyone has paid attention to the story in Masafariyata, I mean, these school children were kicked out of their school because it no longer existed, and they rebuilt themselves a school under a tent out of the rubble that had been completely formed. And I think that it just, that image alone, that visual, and just as the same as and folks in Gaza, if the, in, and in many of these cases, of course, we understand that these attacks by Israel are extremely deadly. So if folks are lucky enough to live, um, they are either resettling across Gaza within the perimeters that they even have, or are having to, I mean, again, like you're contained in Gaza, so there's not, not very, you're not, it's not a very, there's, no distance that you could go aside from trying to rebuild and trying to integrate back into society. And I think that un unfortunately it has become far too normal for those who are living in Gaza. Um, but I think that the resilience of the Palestinian people consistently grows and they continue to rebuild and they continue to find home and all that they have on the land that they, they occupy. Um, but it is further displacing folks. I mean, whether you're being killed or you're being displaced, it's either one or the other when these sorts of attacks happen. 
And um, before we get back to Haggai, I want to thank three people who have called and uh, pledged uh, very generously. Uh, Willie Becker, good to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. Um, Willie likes Esty, Alan Ruff, and um, letters and politics. And um, thank you so much. And... Um, Richard called us and um, also was very generous, and he likes Estes ABA. Um, Dan, a little hard to read the handwriting here, but Dan with, oh, one, one of best for information. Thank you, uh, Richard. And he also appreciates interviewing Palestinian today. He feels that it is very important, and I totally agree. He also likes APA Thursday, Alan Ruff, and Mad Acres. And uh, we have an anonymous new donor. Really appreciate hearing from you, too. Um, and uh, let's see. I think he's our first monthly donor for um, today, and he likes APA SD and Democracy Now! Appreciate so much hearing from the three of you. We need to hear from more. Karma, tell us something. You know, we really do need to hear from more folks. I'm so excited, though, for the folks who have, you know, got on that phone, got online to, to make these pledges. Don't you want to show your birthday love to WORT? Now's the time to do it. We only have about 20 minutes left in the show. So 608-256-2001, extension 1. Again, you can get online at wortfm.org if you don't want to talk to anybody. But no matter how you do it, now is the time to do it. And I think I really want to emphasize that it would be great if some folks would decide to be monthly donors. I've been a monthly donor for, I don't know, maybe like five or six years. I don't even think about it. It's Thank just you, one Karma. of those things. Um, it's, it's important to me and I think it's important to you too. And so that's why we really want to hear from you. And it's important to mention to you all that this is going to be your only chance to donate to the a public affair, uh, program, because this is just a two day birthday boost. And so if you love SD, which I know you do, then now's the time to show your love 608-256-2001. Um, and we actually uh, just wanted to mention here, we do have a web pledge. So thank Yay. you to Katie Madison, who just made an online pledge. Uh, so yeah, and the time is now. Thank you so much, Katie. And we need to hear from any more of you. We need to get your uh, monthly pledgers. And we have, so together with uh, Katie and with you, Karma, who has who added to your uh, regular monthly uh, pledge. We have only six callers. We need 10 more of you in the next 20 minutes. 608-256-2001. What's the online, Karma? Or wortfm.org. Click that orange donate button. It's just there waiting for you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We need to hear from any more of you. Haggai, um, plus 972, um, which you um, write for and are the, uh, let me see what you are, the, tell me. <laughs> Executive director. Um, anyway, so plus 972, um, sh- presented recently a document from 1979, so that's quite a while ago, by then Agricultural Minister Ariel Sharon, who was one of the first horrible right-wingers to make it to um, the prime ministership of of Israel. And um, he said at the time that he created firing zones for the purpose of uh, handing over Palestinian lands to Israeli settlers. And that is the excuse they use now for um, wanting to demolish um, the whole area of Masafiriata and um, evict folks. Tell us about that. Yeah, so like Ivan was saying, there is this ongoing campaign. It's actually been going on for for dozens of years to remove um, the residents of Masafriyata. And as Imam said, just this May, the Israeli Supreme Court, after a 20-year legal battle, uh, greenlit this um, expulsion of thousands of people from their homes. Um, And and it is the biggest form of of, um, mass population transfer uh, that we've seen here in in decades. 
what this document showed that we were able to, to kind of bring up was really specifically about this because the the concept of using a declaration of firing zones to push people away um, has been revealed before by Haaretz journalist Tamira Haas, um, who has shown how this was an overall policy. What we were able to show was specifically that this area that the Supreme Court just approved that people will be uprooted from uh, and kicked out of their homes to make room for the army to train that the trainings in that area specifically were designed to kick people out of their homes. So uh, the the order is actually reversed. If the Supreme Court is kind of buying into the army's narrative, saying yes, these areas were declared a firing zone, and then people came in to live there, and now they need to be removed. What we were able to prove is is in several different ways is that there has been consecutive settlement there of Palestinians throughout the years and that the firing zone was uh, announced on top of them with the purpose of removing them. And now the Supreme Court is kind of playing into that and allowing uh, the army to kick people out, um, thus kind of allowing also settlements to grow in that area. Mm-hmm. Should be said, one of the other things we've exposed actually is that the main um, kind of leader on from the army side uh, the main person who's been going around these communities handing out demolition orders himself is a Jewish settler who lives in that area in an illegal settlement built illegally according even to Israeli laws, not just international law. Uh, so his home is illegal, but he feels you know he has the legitimacy to go around Palestinian communities telling people your homes that have been here much longer than mine, are illegal and then demolish them. So those are some of the things we've been able to to expose in our reporting recently. Mm-hmm. Karma, we haven't gotten any more since the last time. I, oh. I don't I don't see anything up coming on the line here. So we really need folks to get on the phone at 608-256-2001, extension one. We have only about 15 minutes left in the show and just wanted to kind of give people a, a couple of senses of what it is that we need money for, because there are various things that we need to do. So you've been hearing uh, a lot uh, over the last year talking about the need for new soundboards. We absolutely need those. We need about another $14,000 in order to get those soundboards. And so every little bit helps to get us and toward that goal. We really, really need them. You know, now that I do also um, music shows, I can tell you how really not good anymore, the soundboards that we have. So um, 14,000, it's not that much. No, at the end of the day, it's not. And like everything else, it happens one donation at a time, right? So if that's something that you can do, it's $5 Here's a summer month. Summer is showing us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're seeing how low the quality is of the soundboards from summer right now. I wish all of you could see this through the airwaves. Um, so we, we, we need your help with that. We always need other equipment too. We need uh, new uh, field recorders for our reporters so that we can record at safe distances. You know, we need more storage for digital music, news and talk segments. Um, these need to be updated in 2023. And so these are the things that make this experience what it is for you. So get on the phone, 608-256-2001, extension one. Uh, show Esty the love. You know she's your favorite host. She's my favorite host. Oh. So. Yeah, 15 minutes to go. And yeah, we need we need a bunch more money and we need, you know, we actually don't have any monthly donors yet. And uh, Susan has devised a new system to um, evaluate our success as um, uh, as as pledge uh, getters I suppose um, <laughs> and uh, it depends on these monthly um, monthly uh, donors so yeah. uh, we would love to hear from some of you who can afford at least five dollars a month it's really not that much it's only 60 bucks a, mo- a year and five dollars is easy for, for, for a lot of people not for everyone but for a lot of people correct Absolutely. And one of the things that I've never taken advantage of, but something people might be interested in, 
is you can get a, a pledge gift every year. So if you do $5 a month and $60 a year, you can get a gift at the $60 level, uh, which, you know, is something that you can wear around town and show uh, your wart pride uh, on the streets of Madison, which I think is pretty cool as well. And so it, it really isn't hard to do. Right now, you can just go to wortfm.org, click that orange donate button. Keep in mind, you know you want to hear this kind of reporting. You want to hear uh, the kind of news that you get here that you really don't get anywhere else. Um, and I've thought that for years, and it just continues to be true that, that this is uh, a unique resource, uh, and Madison has it. So show your love, 608-256-2001, extension 1. And you know, the motto for my show, no change without struggle, no one in power ain't giving up nothing, uh, was chosen years and years ago um, with thought. Um, that's what we do here. We talk about the struggles. We talk about the people who are struggling against those in power. And again, that is something unique to WORT. The, this pledge drive is only today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we'd really, really appreciate hearing from many more of you. I haven't heard the phone ring in and nothing online yet, eh, Carmen? No, I haven't seen okay. anything new Folks, online. Folks, we need to hear from you. Please, like right now so I can continue talking with my um, guest. And I'm going to go back to our show, trusting you to... Um, call. We need 10 more people to call. We need three monthly donors. Um, 256-2001 or uh, wortfm.org. So um, back to you, Iman, and really I wish we had the whole hour to talk with the two of you because there's so much going on and uh, I think it is so important to keep Palestine uh, in the public view. Um, Let's talk about... um, the criminal probe that uh, has been opened by the FBI into the killing of Palestinian-American Al Jazeera journalist Shirin Abu Akleh. We actually did a show at the time to talk about her and all the others uh, who have been killed. Um, but... Um, Major, major news organizations have conducted multiple investigations and concluded that Israeli soldiers had shot and killed her. But um, there has been no investigation into whether Abu Akhlev's killers used U.S.-made weapons in violation of U.S. law, and that is important because if it is, if it is determined that they have, um, the law prohibits the sale of U.S.-made weapons to foreign militaries that commit human rights violations. But uh, only the State Department can um, can make this kind of determination, and they haven't looked into it. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, the, the investigation itself is long overdue. The Abu Akhle family came over to the United States immediately to try to meet with Secretary Blinken and to meet with President Biden, asking them for an independent, thorough investigation of what had been going on. And while reports, many reports had already be, been done in the time that, um, you know, the Abu Akhle family was trying to get this investigation open in the United States, um, we had started to see, of course, proof after proof after proof, evidence beyond evidence, um, that this was in fact an Israeli sniper who killed Shirin Abu Akhle. And I think in this case, I, I, I would, I think that one, it's, I'm, I'm grateful that there is an investigation that has been open, although I am very cynical of using the FBI as a vehicle mm. towards getting any sort of liberation or justice, right? I think that I don't necessarily want to sit here and condone um, the department of the FBI as a means of as a vehicle we could use towards justice as it is definitely not no form of policing is um but i do think that this is an absolutely necessary step and long overdue so in that sense i can say i'm grateful that the investigation is open but so long as it is a true independent investigation right and we want to make sure that they're not just sitting here taking word from israeli officials or taking evidence from israel and not necessarily doing the investigation itself as it should be doing so on that end it should be done that way and i think that your point around the fact that it was, in fact, a U.S. manufactured bullet that could have been used, I think that is something that I would be very weary that the United States would ever report out on. Um, but I do think is a really critical point for us to to call out as we understand that 
the United States has supported and has actually indirectly been involved in the murder of Shirin Abu Akla and many others, many, many others. Um, so in this case, we're hoping that we can move one step forward towards identifying and kind of having yet another form of evidence to prove just how complacent the United States has been in the murder of Palestinians. Um, but in this case, of course, with Shirin Abu Akla, uh, as, a, as, a, as a journalist, as someone that we we claim that we have and you know the as we as you know we're sitting here trying to protect journalists all across the globe um that palestinians are not the exception and removed from that so i'm really hoping that we can move forward on it are you hopeful that ever there is a possibility that the united states will stop Uh, giving the 3.8 billion also to Israel a year mostly in uh, military aid I have to be hopeful it is a the Congress itself is a vehicle and one of the largest institutions supporting the Israeli apartheid system and so for me here living in the West I have to point to Congress as that potential you know as, a, as an institution that one needs to be be pushed towards ending the funding of, of apartheid in this 3.8 billion dollar check we consistently send mit to Israel every single year um, and I still believe that doesn't even constitute all different forms of funding we provide for them as we we have, we have to think about all the weapons that get sent out we have to think about all the other aid that gets submitted out as well um, that it's just this blank check that we consistently send out to support their the system that's been used to to murder Palestinians and Um, and I have hope in the sense that the American public's opinion um, has shifted um, as many surveys have been done actually of specifically Jewish community members in the United States while the percentage of course is below 50 percent um, it's still shifting in the direction of seeing what it is that we Palestinians and many uh, many of us in solidarity with Palestine have, have seen time and time again so I have hope that I think that the American public will actually be able to shift Congress one day and Um, I just think that we need definitely need more folks actually working with us on the ground getting you know meeting with their Congress members and discouraging them from signing this blank check and supporting the people of Palestine yeah and guy unfortunately we have very little money I think we uh, very little time we actually are doing pretty good on money but um, um, we need more pledgers so I might have to stop this a little early than we would unless we get a bunch of them uh, more but briefly um, like we said before the uh, state of things is not really good for Israelis either and you um, There have been um, several cases of Israeli soldiers atta- and, and settlers attacking Israeli protesters, including a rabbi. Um, talk about that. Sure. I think that there's a sense um, over the past few months that there's been this escalation. Um, I should say for context that Israeli Jewish activists have for a very, very long time used their bodies, used their privilege within the system of apartheid to try and protect Palestinians, to be present in areas where soldiers and settlers are attacking Palestinian communities. And just by physically being there and knowing that the army has different policies in terms of when you can shoot, how you can endanger people, um, if they're Palestinian or if they're Jewish Israelis, um, we're gradually seeing that sort of privilege eroding. where you're seeing soldiers and settlers that would once have taken a step back seeing their face not just by Palestinians but also by Israelis are now saying well they're leftists they're traitors and we have a green light from this incoming government with there's a, a popular video of a soldier just a few days ago saying now that Benvir this uh, far-right uh, extremist is in power and We can do whatever we want. So there's this feeling of empowerment of emboldenment um, by forces on the ground that felt like their hands were tied by the the, the Supreme Command, which, as you know both Iman and I have said, was not very true in terms of the lives of Palestinians, but at least toward Israelis, now they're also escalating their violence. So uh, it's definitely a, a dangerous time to be an activist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as much as just being Palestinian, but we're kind of seeing that division that used to exist uh, gradually, gradually disappear. 
Yeah. And we want to thank Dan. Um, you know, I'm, I, I haven't been told here if I can use your full name or first name or you're supposed to be anonymous. So I'll just say, Dan, thank you so very much. Uh, Dan likes Mad Acres APA and her turn. Really appreciate hearing from you. Um, Iman and Chagai, I'm going to give each of you um, a closing statement and then Karma and I are going to have to do some more pledge wrapping, unfortunately, for the last few minutes. Iman. Yeah, I just want to thank everyone again for contributing to this program and making it possible. And again, I also want to shout out my Chagai for all that you've been reporting on. I just think it's absolutely essential. Um, so just a very appreciative thank you for this call today. And I do hope folks do contribute to those pledges. Thank you. And Chagai? Uh, same here. And also echoing Iman about what you were saying before in terms of U.S. complicity, it's really essential to recognize not just the funds, but also kind of the diplomatic umbrella the U.S. has been offering Israel in international institutions, in international courts, the Security Council, uh, the many ways in which the U.S. allows Israel and supports Israel, no matter the government, no matter how extreme reality is on the ground, to continue with this regime uh, and, and treatment of Palestinians, that it's something that Americans are complicit in. So to people listening, beyond supporting uh, war with a contribution right now, is important i also think you should think about how do you make that difference within the american political system uh how do you make sure that your representatives are accountable to the things that are happening here and that they're actually supporting yes thank you Chagai Matar with us from um, Israel Iman Abid Thompson um, with us from the United States she is Palestinian thank you both so much for uh, joining us today appreciate it and we'll continue of course reporting on what's going on in Palestine and Israel Karma yes 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 well we still need uh, some more pledges here in this birthday boost we've got about two minutes left in the show and we need at least two more uh folks to get on the phone at 608-256-2001 extension one to show your love for your radio station now's the time to do it this has been uh an incredible show a sobering show and you're not hearing about this anywhere else you know that i know that so please uh, show your love. Get online at wrtfm.org. Uh, it's important to do. And Karma, your $100 has certainly been uh, used. Thank you so much for that. And thanks to all the people who have called. But we need more. And we need uh, monthly donors. We still don't have any. That's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? It surprises me because it's really the easiest way to make sure it that your radio so station... Easy. And inexpensive. Yeah. Um, so again, wartfm.org, 608 2001. We need to hear from all of you. Obviously, I'll have to disrupt the funny boys um, to thank <laughs> you, but that's okay. Um, yeah. I love disrupting them. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they love it when you disrupt them, too. And, and that is also, though, isn't it one of the great things about WRT is just the camaraderie among the different hosts. And uh, it must be great to be back in the station, too. And that's, again, only possible because of our donors and why we need people to get on the phone at 608-256-2001, extension 1, to show your love for the radio station. And also going from uh, heavy topics, heavy issues, like what we were talking about here and what we usually talk about, um, to um, these guys who, they still talk about heavy things, but they do it in a, um, well, in a funny way, in, in a comedic way. And well, that's cool. And that's because WRT has a little bit of something for everyone. Yes. So whatever your style and interest is, uh, that's we have it for you. And we want to do that for you because we are your radio station. And so get on the phone, 608-256-2001, extension 1. Get online at wortfm.org and show your station your love because it matters to you and it matters to all of us. And make it so that we can continue doing what we are doing. We are out of time. Stay tuned for the 
funny boys. Thank you so much, Karma. Thank Appreciate you. it. Good to see you. Thanks to Jade and to Summer. Thanks again to Chagai and Iman. I'm STD Noor. We'll be back here again next week without asking you for money. So call now. 608-256-2001, extension 1, wordfm.org. Don't start no fights if you cannot predict the outcome.